You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful Small Business Visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why. 1,500 plus small business owners connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,500 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide to this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is owner, CEO, and chief trash collector of Pinnacle Recruitment Services, Laura Hill. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> she wears many hats, and she started out originally in the construction industry doing a variety of different tasks. And is now the treasure was the treasurer and now the president of the Kern County Society of Human Resource Management, and this is a business, Laura, that you fell into. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's that's correct. I uh, had been in construction, uh, primarily accounting construction, uh, and doing some estimating and business development work uh, for about ten years. That's my family's uh, business. Uh, long uh, history of generations and generations in construction, so it was natural for me. But I was just ready to do something else. Mm -hmm. I had been um, doing that for the very uh, early part of my career and um, had applied, actually, ironically, to an ad for a controller for a construction company here in Kern County and went and interviewed with a staffing company. And I didn't get that position, but they offered me an internal role. And on a whim, um, I just kind of took a leap of faith and, and took it and found something really that... I was very passionate about it, and I fell in love with recruitment. And uh, four years ago, I launched Pinnacle, and the rest is history. And why is there a passion for recruiting? Um, well, there's a couple of reasons. Mm -hmm. I do really enjoy helping people, uh, but I view helping people not just the candidates that we place, also the clients. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to get to know their businesses. I have learned so much in the last 10 years as a recruiter about different businesses in Kern County and how they function. And I could probably have a conversation with just about anyone from any industry and know enough to at least have an intelligent conversation with them. And I'm really passionate about that. It's wonderful to find a company that is really struggling to find that right talent and mm. help them find that talent and change their culture or, or change the way you know, their projection of successes for that company just by placing the right individual. Um, and that's something I'm really passionate about. It's really fun for me. Understanding the culture is very important for a recruiter, like you said. And what are some of the skills that you have that give you, as it were, a, a superpower advantage in helping businesses find and recruit the right person or the right candidate? You know, I think that really comes down to listening and understanding. Hmm. A lot of people 
uh, don't take the time, or I guess recruiters rather, don't take the time to really understand what the company does mm. that they're working for, what makes them different from their competitor, mm. who works there, what type of people work there, what their company culture looks like internally, mm-hmm. how they want that culture projected also into the community. And when you get to know that and you really understand it, it gives you an ability to match people not just on the skill set that they're look, looking for, but that long-term culture match. And I think it really just comes down to really spending time with your clients, kind of getting to know who they are, getting to understand their industry and their business and what makes them unique. And one of the other skills that's that uh, I don't know if it's learned or developed or it comes naturally is on the flip side of that in dealing with or working with your team and your employees themselves and mentorship. Give us a little bit of background on why this is such a key element of your business. Well, I think it's really important that the people who work for me understand what our standardizations are Mm -hmm. and understand that it's extremely important for us to match candidates appropriately, not just for skill set, but also culture. And And it is something that is a learned skill. It takes time to develop that. And mentoring my own employees on how to do that and how to build those relationships and how to thoroughly vet candidates is something that's really important for us. But it also really gives my internal people the ability to kind of get to the next step. Mm. I want them to be able to develop their own books of business. I want them out there in the community, you know, sourcing clients and uh, focusing on building their own personal book of business, their own personal quote brand, if you would, mm-hmm. of course, always under you know the pinnacle standardizations, but it allows them to really get to the next level. And I think that's, that's an interesting thing about recruitment. Um, recruiting is a lot like any other service industry that requires um, individuals to develop their own book of business, you know, if you would, or mm-hmm. even uh, look at it almost like they're running their own kind of small business. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what I like to do with my employees. I want them to take ownership of their roles, take ownership of the work that they're doing, and get out there in the community and, and build their own connections and, and um, you know, continue growing their own skill set. And mentoring them to do that is one of the best parts of my job. I really enjoy doing that. And give us an example of how you do that. Well, I always encourage my people to get involved in some type of community activity. Such um, as? Well, like for me, for example, I chose Kern County SHRM. I did that many years ago. I've been on the board now for eight years. And, and what is Kern County SHRM? Uh, SHRM stands for the Society of Human Resources Management. It is the largest international organization dedicated to the advancement of the human resources community. Mm-hmm. Um, we operate in... I think 150 countries or more today. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have 13 chapters in California. Is it 13? I think maybe 16 chapters in California. Kern County being one of the most active chapters. Hmm. So this is a huge organization. I've been very fortunate to be part of it. And um, essentially what we do is provide educational opportunities for human resources individuals. That's what I chose. Um, But some of my employees have chosen other, um, other organizations whether that's a Rotary Club or another nonprofit to be part of. And I think it's really important when you do choose to be associated with a nonprofit organization such as Casey Sherm that you do it really well and you become very ingrained in it. And Mm. so I've coached and mentored my employees to do that also and, and serve on various boards and just get involved in the community. Imagine having fun learning comprehensive firearms training indoors on Kern County's largest interactive firearms virtual simulator. 
Triple Threat Solutions offers affordable, comprehensive firearms training that is the same caliber for you and your employees as they train law enforcement officers. Call Roosevelt Scott with Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 and sign up for a private session in his state-of-the-art laser virtual shooting range for only $45. For one hour, you and three of your employees can use his state-of-the-art indoor air-conditioned laser virtual shooting range for only $45. Call Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. That's Triple Threat Solutions at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. We're here talking with Laura Hill, and who is the CEO of Pinnacle Recruitment Services, and we're talking about understanding cultures and how that develops and works with your business. And what are some of the things that you look for when you're talking to a, a new client or a new customer and uh, trying to understand their culture and how you can best assist and help them? That's such a great question and something I'm really passionate about. And um, I kind of consider myself... All- a studier of cultures, if that is, you know, a totally inappropriate way of even saying that. But um, every company is comprised of people from all walks of life, Mm. people who have never met before. Mm -hmm. And these people come together. And when they come together, they create their own unique culture, just like a family has. Every family has their own internal culture and how that family operates. Mm -hmm. Companies are exactly the same way. But they're strangers that come together. So this is something that's really fascinating to me. And it comes down to simple things. You know, what is the dress code? Uh, What hours do they operate? How flexible are they with that time? Do they have company events? How do they market and present themselves to the community? How do they brand their organization? Uh, Are they a fun-loving group? You know, are they a chatty group? Are they more quiet? When you walk into an office, every office feels a little bit different. Right. And that, that is a representation of what their culture is. But that culture is created by the individuals that work there. And particularly from the top down in a lot of cases, but not always. I mean, you can put one person in a company and one person can interject a new feeling and a new vibrancy and a new culture inside of an organization. And it's really exciting to get to to get to know that and, and get to work with those people too, from that perspective. So I think it comes down to just really understanding who they are and, um, how they operate, right? essentially. And in this day and age, in this time of the economy right now, where the unemployment is at record levels low, what are some of the things that you have found that business owners have, are doing to attract talent that goes beyond the standard wage and health care benefits and that sort of thing? What, what seems to be working right now? Yeah, this is going to be more and more important, honestly, as the unemployment levels continue to drop and it becomes more com- competitive in the market. You know, we say right now it's a very candidate-driven market. Mm-hmm. In many cases, candidates are getting multiple offers in very short periods of time once they begin looking. So it's critical that companies go the extra mile. Um, things like you know, doing things like company picnics or uh, having a bonus program uh, or having a, a merit-based sometimes bonus program where individuals who are uh, extremely aggressive and hungry in their career growth can find ways for them to either have advancement or, or make more money through bonus opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think things like that, and particularly with the millennial generation, you know, social media presence is really important. Uh, these young individuals are very active, obviously, in social media. They've grown up with their lives displayed sometimes in social media. And so how a company 
wants to project themselves to our community through that social media can be very important. I think that's something that a lot of companies overlook. Hmm. And I think it's going to be something that we're going to really need to focus on in the next three to five years to attract that younger talent. Well, if there's anything that we've noticed here at Small Business Celebration is there's a lot of listeners to the podcast that are not exactly the older generations. They tend to be Generation X, Y, Z. And now I've been told they're creating, they're calling the next generation alphas beyond that. And so, yes, I, I absolutely agree with you on that, that if you're, if you're a business owner that doesn't have a strong social media presence for one, but people and staff on your company do that, that's going to be a challenge. Yeah, it, it is a challenge. It, it's also a challenge to, to manage it. Obviously, it's something that when you decide to do it, you have to do it all the time mm-hmm. or you don't do it well. Right. Um, and I think we'll see more positions that are incorporating those activities, even in small companies. You know, right now, obviously, Kern County is comprised of many, many small businesses. Mm-hmm. I think those duties oftentimes fall to the wayside because getting the real work done can sometimes be a little bit more important. But we're going to see that that is going to become something that is highlighted and, and more important. And even, you know, even an office manager or a full charge bookkeeper or, you know, some type of mid-level operations manager is going to have to start managing some of those duties because it is going to be very important. As a small business owner, you are a visioneer, a pioneer with vision. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go, you know what you want to do and have, but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees, realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here talking with the owner and CEO of Pinnacle Recruitment Services, Laura Hill. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about is soft skills, because this is not only important for employees and those wishing to be employees, but also for business owners. And what are some of the challenges that you see in a lot of employers and business owners when it comes to two soft skills? That's a great question. You know, we've talked a lot about culture today, and I think that really plays into the culture of an organization. And you'd be surprised how many candidates we interview who are unhappy in their roles, not because they're not compensated effectively or they don't like their job or the actual work that they're doing, but it comes down to more things like recognition mm-hmm. um, and those soft skills. And so, you know. And, and what are soft skills exactly? Well, I think they're uh, how you carry yourself, your presentation, your professionalism, mm-hmm. Uh, how you speak and interact with your employees, all of those things are critical into, again, creating that culture. And, you know, I've I've heard employees say, I don't even think the business owner knows my name. Mm. And that can be very demoralizing sometimes. But I, I find that business owners and companies in general who have leaders, um, executive leaders who go the extra mile to really get to know their employees, or even just say when they come in in the morning, greet someone by name. That's a soft skill component of culture, right. right? It's how you're interacting with your employees. But that creates a level of recognition, even in a, a, a candidate or an employee who may be doing menial tasks. Mm-hmm. Uh, a CEO or a CFO who, uh, or president of an organization who knows that person by name is going to create long-lasting loyalty when mm-hmm. they come in and just say hello in the morning. So I think it's things like that that you know, just go the extra mile. And, and a lot of that is soft skills related, you know, how they're, how they're speaking to somebody, how they're interacting. It's um, more important than we, when, than we realize, I think. Exactly. 
One of the questions I also wanted to ask you is when it comes to generational leadership, because one of the things that I've noticed is that we're getting to an age now because so many people are working so much longer. We're getting the generation from as old as the baby boomers to the baby busters to a generation Y and Z, the millennials. And what are some of the things that you've seen that business owners can do who fall into one category or another in working with these other generations? Yeah, that is such an interesting question. We've done topics, actually, on this for Casey (laughs) Sherm presentation. So the next time we have one, I'll send it to you, and maybe you can join us for a meeting. But um, generations in the workplace is something that we've been dealing with forever. This Mm. is not a new phenomenon, right? Right. Uh, However, the differences between the the younger generations today and the older generations that are in the workplace are probably more vast than we've ever seen before. Mm. And the way of thinking is very different. But I think that this is a really unique time because you have these different ways of thinking and people coming to work together can create productivity that we also have never seen before Mm. because you've got innovative and technology and uh, young people who are oftentimes coming to the table with ideas that are so new just from just from our educational system and growing up with technology, technology that we didn't have 50 years ago, right? Or or 10. Or 10 years ago in some cases, (laughs) right? right? right. And so these generations coming together have a lot to offer each other. But we also sometimes see a breakdown in Mm. that, right? And so I think when... when What what are some of those breakdowns that you're seeing? Well, I think it comes to a lot of communication styles Mm. and expectations. How so? Well, the expectations of of someone who's, you know, a millennial coming into the workforce are Mm. very different. And what they desire from their company is very different. Um, I'll use an example that uh, one of our speakers from Casey Sherm uh, said to me several years ago. You know, it used to be um, you would ask somebody, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What do you do for a living? Mm -hmm. And they might answer, I work for ABC company. You know, I work for Pepsi company, or I work for Microsoft. And they identified their career with the company that they worked for. Right. And the progression of that career was identified by that organization. Mm. That is not the case today. Hmm. Today, you ask a young person, what do you do? They'll tell you all about their skills. They'll tell you probably about their education. They'll tell you about what they're passionate about, what they like doing. They probably will not tell you the name of the company that they work for. And that's Hmm. a completely different perspective from how it used to be. And so I think as these generations come together, there can be some conflict just in the way, the way that they think. Hmm. And so establishing open lines of communication and the soft skills that you mentioned before are so important for these generations to really work together to advance their organization. And they have so much to offer each other. One of the things I'd like to circle back to, because I, I think you've made a very interesting point, is... You were talking about effective leadership and going beyond in order to be able to retain as well as recruit quality talent. And what are some of the things that you have seen that if you are a baby boomer or you're a Generation Xer and you are working with millennials and there's this prevailing thought in some circles that, oh, the millennial generation is this evil generation. But it sounds to me that what it really is is a lack of communication and effective communication. What are some of the things that Generation Xers and baby boomers can do to adequately and surpass expectations for the millennial generation coming up and working with them? Well, I think that there's a trend happening in human resources right now, and it's been happening maybe for the last few years, of managing the individual Mm. and coaching the individual based on their individual needs, not necessarily based on 
larger corporate policy. Hmm. Of course, you're always going to have policy to mm -hmm. adhere to. Every company has their own internal policies when it comes to reviews and promotions and all, whatever you have it, all of those things. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's really important because of these generational differences, you have to manage a Gen Xer different than you would manage a millennial. How so? Well, because the things that are important to a Gen Xer may not be important to a millennial. Mm. A millennial may be motivated to do a better job by giving, having more PTO, for P example. PTO is? Personal time off. So they might be rewarded by, instead of a 10% raise, mm -hmm. they might get more out of an extra week of vacation. Oh, okay. And, and again, go back to corporate policy, because so many corporations, and, or even small businesses, don't have the flexibility to say, we're not going to give you a raise this year, we're going to give you an extra week of vacation instead. Hmm. And I think we're going to see that change. Mm. I think we're going to see more trends towards managing the employee mm. as an individual, mm. uh, particularly with these multi-generations in the workforce, because they want different things. Mm. You know, a Gen Xer may really get a lot out of that 10% raise, and that might be what they care about. Mm -hmm. A millennial might not care about an extra 10% in their pocket. They might want an extra vacation a year. So we're going to see that change happen. And, and I think that's something, you know, when you talk about retention, um, I think that's something that will really help. Because people leave jobs for different reasons. Right. So you can't just say across the board, this is why people are leaving this company. Mm. Unless it's a, you know, there's a problem or a negative culture or something. You know, something systemic in the, in the business if itself. If there's a systemic issue, that's a different situation. But when you have a good company, it's highly functioning, and you have people leaving for different reasons, you have to look at why those people are leaving, what's happening in those situations, and try to remedy that. And sometimes that means you have to manage the individual. Let's take a, a step back a little bit, and because we've gotten very, very detailed into the actual individual business owner itself, but I'd like to discuss with you on a bigger trend that's happening within Kern County, because this is also going to directly affect how a small business owner recruits and retains their employees. We are sitting here at, at, at this time of recording, the, the labor, national labor statistics say, show that we have a 3.6% unemployment rate. And when you take away a significant amount of that for the unemployable, it means that the employable is, is significantly less than that. And you add on top of that, we have a tremendous amount of industry and business coming into Kern County. How does a small business owner compete with that? And what are some of the things they should look for? That is a challenge that we're going to continue to face in Kern County. Mm. And it is what we're calling a candidate-driven market mm -hmm. today. The market is moving extremely fast, and the top candidates oftentimes are getting two or three offers, sometimes in the same week where they begin to job search. Mm. So that is the nature of what we're dealing with. Um, it is very difficult for small businesses to compete with large corporations, particularly when it comes to benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, small businesses just can't be competitive when it comes to medical plans and availability of benefits as a very large corporation can. And but so they have to be creative. Um, they have to offer other things. Such as? Well, flexibility in the workplace. Mm. Uh, I think that's something that a lot of people are really hungry for. Mm -hmm. And when you go to work for a large corporation, it's more difficult for them to be flexible with uh, time, you know, when they report uh, how they make their schedule, for example, small businesses can be far more flexible with that. You know, a, a company that may have 50 employees or less mm -hmm. may be able to say to an individual, if you need to start at 9 a.m. instead of 7 a.m., 
mm-hmm. could accommodate you. And, and I think that's something that is really valuable when you go to work for a small company is that you just have a little bit more flexibility with some of those things. You may give up some of the benefits, but you get some other things in return. And one of the other things that I've also noticed is that a lot of small business owners are thinking outside the box, as it were, to use a cliche term. But they're also saying that we're, for example, we're a dog-friendly environment or that we also as bonuses go through and and send families on a trip to you know South Dakota for Mount Rushmore or other things like that what are some of the the creative things that you've seen small business owners do yeah that those are perfect examples honestly bring your dog to work uh, i've seen it happen a lot sometimes it won't always work it depends on what industry you're in right um you know an extra week of PTO, like we talked about before, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Um, reimbursement for, you know, children's programs, softball leagues, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those are just little extras that a small business person can do. But I also think one of the things we haven't talked about is the relationship between the employee and the business owner or the president or the CEO. Mm. Because you don't get that relationship in a very large corporation. And there is so much value to be put on a, a company where the president or the, the owner or the CEO knows everybody by name. Mm. I mean, we talked about that before with the soft skills. Mm-hmm. When they have a loyalty, not just to the company, but to that individual, mm-hmm. and they see themselves working together as a culture trying to grow and advance this corporation and, mm-hmm. and everyone's job in a small company is that much more important because there's probably only one person that does that job. Right. Or, you know, maybe two or three people that do that job as opposed to a hundred people that might do that job where you might feel kind of like a cog in a wheel for a large corporation in a small business. You're a very critical component of the success of that company. And when you have a relationship with the business owner, it just creates this kind of family type of environment, which is extremely valuable. And a lot of people really love working in those types of environments. As we begin to wrap up our interview here, and we have shoved a lot of great content in a very short period of time, what would be one thing that you would advise a small business owner be able to do starting today to help their business grow from their perspective on their existing employees and recruitment? Man, that's a tough thing to just say one, but I I really think that uh, that's business culture, but not just internal culture, brand management. Mm. And that comes down to how the company is perceived in social media, uh, how the employees present themselves, you know, how the entire company is moving forward together for their own internal culture. I think that even small businesses can do a really good job of marketing themselves in the community. And that doesn't mean you have to take out a billboard on Rosedale Highway. Mm-hmm. That could be your Facebook page is dialed in and your LinkedIn accounts are dialed in and you look very professional from outside perspective and you're advertising into your community and you're engaged in your community. And I think today that's more important than ever because we're all, again, vying for the top talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we've had a situation, honestly, where our top candidates haven't had multiple offers in, in a few weeks at right. least, maybe a couple months now. So everybody needs the same people. And anything that you can do to project your organization into the community in a positive light is going to just give you that advantage over your competition that may not be doing that. And they're simple things. 
Right. And one of the things that I've noticed on a personal basis is I've got a, a younger stepson who is in the job market right now. And one of the things that I've noticed is he has already, before he's even put in an application, he has already checked out their website, their social media. He has already checked all that stuff out before he even decides to fill out an application because he's choosing whether or not to work for a business or a company based upon how they present themselves. Absolutely. We're all doing it. Just like companies are doing the same thing for candidates, I always tell candidates, be careful what you put out on social media because people are looking at that stuff. It's the same for companies. You know, everybody's lives are on display. And that means that the perception of a company in the community is very important today. So I think that's something that's going to have to carry a little bit more weight in the future and probably get more attention from small businesses. Very good. And if people listening, Visioneer Nation who is listening, wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So they could go to our website. It's www.pinnaclerecruitmentservices.com. It's very long, but you can find <laughs> us, Pinnacle Recruitment Services. You can also call me directly. My number is 661-340-5099. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Instagram. We're pretty much out there, so uh, we're, we're not too hard to track down. Very good. Well, Laura, thank you for being on the Small Business Celebration Podcast and sharing your wisdom and insights and thoughts with Visioneer Nation. We thank you. Thank you very much. It was fun. I've been asked, who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.